attention with us the last phrase of the gospel lesson today. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour. If there's somebody in your life that you've been intending to tell about what God has done in your life, don't wait. The time is short. It's not worth waiting. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into the right timing with them. But Jesus could come back in the middle of my sermon. By the time we get there, some of you will be praying for it. So, <laughs> You know, when I, we think about telling stories, right? And um, a lot of times it's easy to put it into a format if we're trying to talk about what Jesus has done in our lives. And that's just a starting point, okay? Uh, but I want to offer it to us. And I've said it before. Um, but I want to throw it out there again. What our life was like before we met Jesus, how we met Jesus, and what our life is like now. Okay, I'm not much for formulaic things. I don't like rules <laughs> and regulations and things like that. But this is just a starting point. Uh, before we met Jesus and what our life was like then is really important because that helps us to understand what God has done in us. It lets us see that contrast of I was living like this and now I'm living like this. I didn't make that change. That was a change that was brought about inside me that had external ramifications because of what God has done. Looking at how we met Jesus is important because that helps us to see not only have we met Jesus, but um, it helps others to understand how they can meet him, too. You know, all this talk about Jesus, you know, people are like, ah, I know he lived a while ago and he was a good man and, and a prophet. And some people have different opinions about him. And at the very least, he taught us to live a good life. But, but they might not know the reality that you can actually know the person, Jesus, and have a relationship with him that is life-changing. And then what our life is like now is also important because it contrasts with the first part. You know, we might be able to say in a certain situation, wow, I would have responded very differently to that if it weren't for what the Lord has done in my life now. And I can see that contrast at work. You know, maybe you're able to see that and say that. You know, and, and this doesn't need to be a 90-minute exposition either. Okay, it can be. And if you get into a really good discussion with somebody, it might end up being like that. But in fact, it's really important to learn to share this in 30 seconds. What if you're stuck in an elevator with somebody and it's that uncomfortable silence? There's your chance. <laughs> They're stuck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but if you only have 30 seconds with somebody, you know, maybe there's something awesome that happened in your life that you can attribute to God. And in a little conversation, the Holy Spirit will turn that for you. In, in the elevator. Um, you know, what about in three minutes standing in line somewhere? You know, anymore now, if I go into a fast food joint, it seems like there's a line. And uh, maybe there's an opportunity. Maybe God's going to point somebody out to you and say, I know you don't know them, but trust me. That happens when we commit our way and our day to the Lord. He'll start using us wherever we are to be able to convey the gospel. And then it's also good to learn to be able to share your faith in a longer form, maybe with a friend over coffee. 
Maybe somebody reaches out to you and says, I am really having a hard week. Here's what's happening. And you can say, let's grab coffee and go talk about it. You know, and, and maybe you're able to share some hope from how God has worked in your life. You know, sharing what God has done in you doesn't mean to be sharing the Roman road necessarily or the four spiritual laws. I mean, you get to that. You get to the gospel. You get to sharing all of the truth found in God's word. But uh, your personal sharing with somebody else can start with the fact that you are an eyewitness to what God has done in your life. You have a testimony for what God has done in you. It's not a theological discourse it's your eyewitness account of how God moved and worked and changed in you. And nobody can argue with that because it is your eyewitness account of what he has done. So that format is really just to help us get started thinking about it. Um, you know, really and truly in the moment, if we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, he will lead and guide that conversation and he will custom tailor it to exactly what you need to share and exactly what that other person needs to by God's grace here. So the scriptures today like help us to understand some of the important things about this too. Uh, it, the scriptures lend support and credence to this idea that story is really important. It's why the Bible is written in a narrative format instead of you know, some didactic rule book. It's a narrative. It's the story of God's redemption from the beginning all the way until what is happening now and what will happen towards the end. So the psalmist today is just, it's beautiful. Um, can you go back to the psalm, please? Thank you. I should have put it in the PowerPoint again. Sorry about that. Next time. Thank you. So the psalmist says, and I'm going to paraphrase here, listen up. I have an exciting story to tell you of testimony bearing witness to what people have seen God do. There's a history here. There's a present and there's a future. This is a, a story that's been passed down from generation to generation. It had deep meaning for our forerunners. And it still does for us today. And we bear the responsibility to share it with our children as well. God has done remarkable things. And he is worthy of all the praise and the glory. He has shown us the right way to walk. And, and we would see him move and work in our lives. Our forerunners knew it. We know it. And now we are sharing our story with those who are coming after us. And why? So that they might put their trust in God. That they might tell it to their children. So the psalmist is talking about the importance of story, right? Of testimony, of bearing witness to what they have seen God do. There is a past, there is a present, and there is a future of God's doing in the lives of these people. They have been touched by God in generations past, in their present, and they're telling their children and anybody who's going to listen that the same is true for them going down the line into future generations. And the psalmist recognizes the importance of sharing this. Why? So that people might put their trust in God, not forgetting what God has done, but living and walking in step with him. 
So that challenges us. Why do we tell the story? Why do we share the gospel? You know, every day that passes is another day closer to the return of Jesus, towards the continued forward motion of these end of times and the beginning of the next. If the scriptures don't light a fire under us from today, I don't know what will. You've got these, these um, bridesmaids. Some of them are prepared. Some of them are not. There's a clear distinction there. We've got the account of, of the rapture, of the second coming of Jesus, right? You know, and I'm, I'm not getting into the eschatology and the order of what happens when and all that. You know, people have been talking about that for a long time, and it's a wonderful thing to talk about. However, if someone had a perfectly solid, crystal clear answer found in Scripture, there wouldn't be all these different ideas about it either. I'm willing to trust that God's got it, <laughs> and he knows what's going to happen, and I'm willing to trust him with that. Um, so, the day of Christ's return is coming. If we believe this, it will affect our actions and our priorities. It will lead us personally to repentance. It will cause us to lay down our pride and our pride-driven actions. It will overwhelm our aversion or fear of even sharing our faith. And it will guide us into the next steps to tell our friends and our neighbors. When the urgency to tell people about the hope that we have found in Jesus Christ finally overwhelms our fear of not doing it right or of being judged or being embarrassed, then we will finally come to the place where we are recognizing that Jesus could come back this afternoon. There is a world that is waiting to hear the gospel and we are the ones that are holding the ball right now. And we have got to carry it forward. It is up to us in this day, in this time. No one else is going to do it for us. In this account in the gospel of the wise and foolish bridesmaids, Jesus is the groom, right? And we are the bride. We are the bride of Christ, okay? And some of the bridesmaids were ready and some were not. Those that were not found ready found that the door was not open to them. It was shut. As we talk about sharing our story, we hold in our minds and hearts the urgency that informs this message. The time is short. It's getting shorter when Christ is coming back. It needs to propel us towards keeping awake and living lives marked by humility and holiness. May we not be found asleep in the day-to-day -day rhythm of our lives, doing this and doing that, and you know, thinking about something 60 years down the road, whatever the case may be. Yes, we prepare for the future, and Scripture even tells us to, but we need to have an immediacy and an awareness also um, so that we don't become drowsy in our day-to-day -day living. May we not be found asleep in our false sense that there's always tomorrow. Because one day, there absolutely will not be a tomorrow and another opportunity to share or another opportunity to get our hearts right with the Lord. We need to prepare for Christ's return now. There's no delay. Keeping oil on hand and trimming our lamps is seen in living like Jesus is actually coming back. We actually believe this stuff that we say, that we find in the scriptures. 
It's seeking first the kingdom of God. It's having a repentant heart that loves Jesus more than we love sin. It's living each day in relationship with God and others as if it were our last because it could be. It's living and sharing the gospel in word and in deed. I would love to have been a fly on the wall when Joshua was addressing all those people gathered. Do you see that discourse? You know, they say they want to, and he kind of want to follow God, and he, he kind of challenges them, and he's like, you can't. You're not willing to give up your sin. And they reaffirm, no, we will serve the Lord. Have you had that moment in your life where you're challenged to say, no, I'm giving up that. I am turning my back on that. I am laying down that sin. I am not walking in that anymore. I am not going to feed selfish pride anymore. I will serve the Lord. My house and my family will serve the Lord. Each one of us comes to an inflection point in our lives like that at some point or another where we have to make a choice. God has done remarkable things in our lives the psalmist captures it. And we are encouraged today to remember it and to share it forward with those around us. So how do you do that practically? You know, I, whenever I offer a sermon, I try to not make some esoteric thing that you can't apply. How do we apply this going forward? You know, maybe you practice sharing your testimony with a friend or a spouse. Maybe you bribe them to come listen to you with a cup of coffee. You know, I, I don't know. Um, maybe you write it out. If talking it out with somebody in person is hard first. Maybe you sit down and you write it out. Um, what would you say if someone said to you, why are you a follower of Jesus? What difference does it make anyway? What short story in your life can you tell about what God has done for you? Can you convey the difference that Jesus has made in your life. You know, and as you look at this, maybe you'll discover that you're thinking about Jesus and you're learning about Jesus, but you haven't come to that inflection point yet where you decide and you say, yes, I am going to serve the Lord. I'm going to receive this gift of salvation and, and follow Jesus with the rest of my life. You've got the, what is my life like up until I met Jesus? And you're filling in that hole now of, how did I meet Jesus? And you're looking forward to how my life will be now that I have, I'm following Jesus. You know, or maybe you've just met Christ and you haven't lived into it long enough to see a big contrast yet. Stay tuned. It's coming. The redemptive and regenerative work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is awesome. And he never gives up on us, even when we might take a little side road from him. So when we allow the Lord to speak through our testimony... The Holy Spirit will take what we offer and he will use it powerfully in the lives of others around us. May we be found ready. May we be found repentant. May we be found fully restored in Christ when he returns. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for the sense of urgency that your Holy Scriptures bring to us today that we not be complacent uh, in our own salvation, 
but also we may not be complacent in the sharing of the gospel. The time is short. People are marching off a cliff, and you are asking us to present the gospel and, and pluck them from that front row before they fall. Lord, help us to live lives that are true, even in our failings. Lord, that uh, as we repent and return to you and, and see restoration, that others would see that there is hope found in a life with Jesus. That it is worth it. That it is real. We pray for the people that you're bringing to our hearts and our minds right now. That you would call them and draw them. That you would embolden us with your Holy Spirit to be able to share our eyewitness testimony of what you have done in our lives. Lord, help us each day to open our eyes and to commit the day to you. At each breath and each step that we take, it's one that you have allowed us to have and to take, and that we would use everything for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and join together.